This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Ladies, your workouts are about to get an upgrade. The new Inspire leggings by Kalia are exactly what you want when it comes to activewear. It's their most versatile collection yet. They look good, feel good, and stay put. Using Lycra Adaptive Fiber, it compresses and molds to the body like a second skin. And it's unbelievably stretchy, so you can move however you want. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Today is Friday, March 5th, 2021. On this day in 1969, an arrest warrant was issued for Doors singer Jim Morrison after he allegedly exposed himself at a Miami concert. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of sexual situations that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering Jim Morrison's indecent exposure charges after a drunken concert in Miami, Florida. Let's go back to Jamaica on March 5, 1969, where Morrison got a call from his manager that would change his band and his life forever. Jim Morrison was having a terrible vacation. The 25-year-old singer was one of the most famous musicians in America ever since the release of their debut album two years earlier. Morrison had been flooded by an unending stream of fans who praised him as a rock star and sex icon. But that day in March of 1969, he was all alone. He had planned to come to Jamaica with his girlfriend, Pamela, until the couple got into a bad fight just days before the trip. Morrison left without her, but he only made it a few days before the sprawling mansion he had rented for the two of them started to feel awfully empty. So Morrison decided to crash the Doors drummer John Densmore's own romantic Jamaican vacation. Densmore and his partner weren't particularly happy to suddenly have a drunken Jim Morrison as their unwelcome third wheel, but at least it meant that the bandmates were together on March 5, 1969, when they got news that threatened to destroy the Doors once and for all. The phone call was from the Doors manager, Bill Siddons, back home in the United States, and he said that there were warrants out for Jim Morrison's arrest. Siddons explained that the Dade County Sheriff's Office in Florida had accused Morrison of indecent exposure, lewd behavior, and more for his drunken performance on stage in Miami a few days earlier. On the night of March 1st, The Doors played a concert at Miami's Dinner Key Auditorium. The show was a disaster before it even began. First, the concert promoter lied to the band about how many tickets were sold in an attempt to underpay them. When The Doors found out what was happening, they tried to boycott the show. But the promoter had already gotten a hold of the band's equipment and refused to return it unless they played. And then there was Morrison himself. The musician was flying in from New Orleans for the show, but he'd already missed multiple flights. By the time he finally staggered into the venue, the doors were well past their 8 p.m. start time, and the packed crowd was getting restless. 
The audience roared with excitement once the band finally took the stage, but it quickly became clear that this wasn't going to be a normal show. Morrison was refusing to sing. Instead, he launched into a series of rambling monologues that grew increasingly venomous. He shouted and cursed at the audience, taunting them, seemingly trying to incite a riot. The crowd yelled back, giving as good as they got. Eventually, the rest of the Doors gave up trying to play a normal show and stepped away from their instruments. So Morrison invited the audience up onto the stage with him. And that's when, according to the Dade County Sheriff's Office, the concert went from bad to criminal. The arrest warrant alleged that Morrison got down on his knees in front of the band's guitarist, Robbie Krieger, and simulated oral sex. And finally, Morrison supposedly unzipped his pants and flashed the entire audience, which included teenagers and minors. When Morrison and drummer John Densmore learned about the charges, they thought it was ridiculous. None of Morrison's bandmates remembered Morrison actually exposing himself on stage. The whole thing seemed like a prank, but Morrison's arrest warrant for obscenity charges were very, very real. And if he was found guilty, the lead singer of The Doors could find himself behind bars. Coming up, we'll dive into Morrison's court case and ultimate conviction. You discover their practices, seek their advice, and let yourself become more vulnerable than ever before. They have the ability to heal what the doctors can't, or so they say. Hi listeners, it's Vanessa from the podcast series Cults. Be sure to check out our four-part special on Miracle Healers airing right now. Meet figures from around the world who claimed powers and pushed remedies, but harbored more sinister intentions. You don't want to miss it. And if you're looking for more episodes on the most radical and deadly groups in history, tune in to Cults every Tuesday. From Jim Jones and the People's Temple, to Charles Manson and the Manson family, to Keith Raniere and Nexium, you'll uncover the unscrupulous methods used to turn bright-eyed recruits into die-hard believers. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Cults, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now back to the story. On March 5th, 1969, Jim Morrison, the 25-year-old lead singer of The Doors, learned that he was facing six separate arrest warrants for indecent exposure, profanity, lewd behavior, and more, all because of one crazed night on stage in Miami, Florida. Morrison was facing fines and possible jail time, but his punishment began before the trial even started. 
Venues across the United States canceled the Doors' upcoming shows almost immediately. Radio stations stopped playing their songs. Even the FBI got involved because Morrison had supposedly fled the country like a fugitive, even though he went to Jamaica days before the charges were even announced. And the public outcry was just as swift. On March 23rd, around 35,000 teens swarmed Florida's Orange Bowl for a so-called decency rally to protest the Doors. By that time, the Doors had lost their entire upcoming tour. By the time Jim Morrison finally went to trial, the damage was already done. The Doors had all but given up on booking regular shows or tours. All three other members of the band took the stand during the trial to swear under oath that they hadn't seen Morrison expose himself. But it didn't work. He was found guilty and sentenced to six months in jail and a $500 fine. But he never served his time. He posted bail and moved to Paris to focus on writing poetry. And on July 3, 1971, the Doors frontman was found dead in his bathtub of a reported heart failure. He was only 27. But that wasn't the end of Jim Morrison's legal saga. In 2010, 41 years after the infamous concert, Florida's then-governor, Charlie Crist, officially granted the musician a posthumous pardon. The ruling was a symbolic gesture, but Governor Crist said in a statement that he was pleased to finally erase a blot on Morrison's record for something he may or may not have done when he was essentially a kid. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this one, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Famous Fates. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by River Donahue, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 